Happy New Year! And welcome to the Season 2 premiere of Reader Seeks Romance Channel's Romance Roundup. I am Liz Donatelli. And I'm Libby Kay, author of the sweet romance series Buckeye Falls. Libby and I share our must-read winter romance book recs. And we reveal our 2024 romance reading goals. Watch Romance Roundup on Reader Seeks Romance channel and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to Romance Roundup on Podbean and all podcast apps. Libby, what are your 2024 romance reading goals? I'm so excited! Okay, Liz. Okay, so I have a couple. And uh, going to the one that I always think of first when people ask about um, my reading goals, I I keep track of them on Goodreads. So um, (laughs) non-sponsored content, just... Happen to like them. Uh-huh. Uh, so last year I read 52 books and I thought that was amazing. Yes. Uh, but this year I've decided to actually step it back and I'm just going to read 40 books this year. And I know that oh. depending on who you are, that still sounds like a lot. But um, for me personally, I'm trying to write more. And so I'm obviously going to dedicate a little of my time to writing. But I felt like 40 was a reasonable number because it's, um, yeah. you know, it's, It'll give me a little bit of wiggle room. I'm one of those people who, if I don't reach my goal, and I will tell you, I did this a month ago in December, uh, I frantically went through and looked for shorter books so I could meet my goal because it was giving me anxiety, (laughs) the notion of saying, I'm going to read all these and then not do it. So I'm starting a little lower this year. I'm trying to be realistic. Uh, So yeah, so that's kind of my first one is, um, you know, just I'm thinking 40 is a good number to read on Goodreads and shameless plug time. If you don't follow Libby on uh, Goodreads, you should follow Libby K on Goodreads. (laughs) So that's my first reading goal is what do you have for us for 2024 and your goals? Well, I am planning on reading a ton of short form romance. So I'm talking novellas. And those two-hour romance reads that you see categorized on Amazon. Yes. Yes. So I want to um, kind of kickstart my reading again because I have really slowed down and I'm finding myself frustrated before I begin when I see how big the book is, whether Mm -hmm. it's 300 pages, 400 pages, Uh, so I start to get stressed because I think, oh, I won't be able to read very quickly because I've slowed down a lot lately and I have all these other books I want to read. So I just become kind of defeatist and then I end up not reading. So, or not reading. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I, um, I want to, uh, rediscover my love of novellas, short story anthologies, and those two hour reads are very enticing. Um, so yeah, I do think there's a real art to writing short form because Mm -hmm. you have to, it's not easy. People think, oh, it's less words. So you're not doing as much. You're actually doing a lot more work as you know, writing snow and love, which I think it's almost twice as much work because you end up, you end up cutting things that later you're like, oh, I should have said that because it doesn't make sense, you know, to, to the arc of the story. So no, I think writing. I think that would be a lot harder. Yeah. You have to say a lot in a short amount of page space. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, being I'm going to. Being concise is not my forte. <laughs> being concise. Well, actually, I I feel that it is 
Well, oh, well, I, thank you. I mean, <laughs> although I don't see the first and second draft she right. I don't know. It could be That's true. That's true. Things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'm really going to be hitting hard the uh, the short form romance. Um, and my vow to the audience is that I will curate the best of the best of the uh, novellas and two hour reads and present them here on the show. Perfect. And then I can use those at the end of the year when I haven't met my goals to frantically read. So I hit my count. Yes. And <laughs> this if, is perfect. <laughs> if there are other readers who do, do reading challenges and set goals, mm -hmm. then yeah, uh, they, they will find that helpful as will you. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> so actually you're doing a public service. <laughs> I like to think so. Do you have oh, any? Do you have anything else? Uh, any other goals that you'd like to uh, yeah. mention here today? Any promises to the audience? Promises to the audience. I'm going to try to get out of my comfort zone, and it's actually the opposite of what you just said. I'm going to try to read one of these massive romance novels that are like 500, 800 pages. I think the first one I'll probably do, um, and I will report back, is The Fourth Wing because it's everywhere. Oh yeah, and it it's is. like I think it's like at least 500 pages, and. Yeah. Everybody has been talking about it. I literally cannot even, it was even at Kroger the other day when I went to get a gallon of milk, there was just a little end cap was in it? the greeting card section that had all these copies. And I thought, you know what? This is the universe telling me to just get yeah. over my fear of these 80 pound books and just pick one up. So I yeah. think I will read that. And I, I want to try to just diversify in every sense of the word. I want to try, you know, maybe a little more magical realism or sci-fi yeah. or, or just something outside of my normal you know, historical or contemporary romance. So I think I, yeah. I just trying to get, you know, a little bit more out of my comfort zone with my reading. So, um, so yeah, so I'm hoping to report back with some winners or I might report back that I'll never do it again. And I'm just going to read shorter stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what other goals do you have, Liz? <laughs> I have one more goal. I decided okay. just to cap it at two. So my goal is to read more romance women's fiction crossovers. Ooh, I like that. Um, because I've noticed more of them being published and I'm always intrigued, but I, I have a feeling, I have a fear of feeling too much. And no, I that makes like, sense. I feel like women, when you're writing, when it's a romance with a strong women's fiction um, plot, uh, I know that there's going to be a protagonist, a, a woman protagonist who's going to be undergoing a real character arc. There's mm -hmm. going to be some serious either family stuff going on or, you know, personal development issues. And I, I just fear, you know, that getting me anxious, overwhelming me. But I but I, I feel a calling to read it. I think it's time for me to embrace um, weight, uh, embrace heavier topics yeah. i i guess it seems like they they deal with heavier topics i guess that's you know well and i think i've been noticing some of the books that i've been looking at for 2024 mm -hmm. um are actually if you look at the subgenres, they're listing it as romance and women's fiction so i feel like i'm noticing that more and more yeah that they're being labeled as both and i think I see what you mean, because it is hard, especially if you're having a bad week. It's like, I don't want to be brought down by fake people's <laughs> drama. But at the same time, <laughs> I've also had those weeks where I'm like, I need to realize that my problems actually aren't that bad. And these fictional people are going through something far worse. <laughs> well, I hope that's the case, because if I read one, I'll be like, boy, they they think they have problems and they don't. <laughs> I do. I, it, it can backfire. So that's um, true. 
So I, I, I sense the show coming up where we're going to talk about the books that made us feel better about ourselves and then worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, your own box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. And of course, I will share the best of the best of of those romance women's fiction crossovers. So that's I'm that's where I'm at. Well, I think that's a good place to be, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, so now that the goals have been declared. Yes. Libby, there's only one thing to do now. And that's let the roundup begin. Excellent. Giddy up, Liz. I've been waiting months to say that again. <laughs> I've been waiting months to hear you say those oh, words. Oh, God. It's so good to be back. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, so my first winter read is, um, it came out a couple years ago. It's called Whiteout by Adriana Anders. And this is through Sourcebooks Casablanca. And it came out in winter of 2020, um, I believe right before the world ended because I um, uh, I bought it thinking, oh, that sounds like a nice, charming, cozy read. And then I will tell you why it wasn't cozy, but it was really good. Whiteout is book one in the Survival Instinct series. And um, it has all the tropes that you're hoping for in a winter romance. It's a romantic suspense. Um, it does have the grumpy sunshine a little bit, although I'll explain why he's grumpy in a moment and it will be obviously justified. And then uh, everybody's favorite, the forced proximity slash one bed, in this case, one sleeping mm -hmm. bag. So, um, you know, all the things you're expecting when it's a, a winter romance. So the general premise of the book is our heroine, Angel Smith, is wrapping up her last day at a remote Antarctic research center. She's mm -hmm. been living there for a few months. She's the cook. So she's the only one there that's not a scientist. And I'm not going to give away why that's important, but it's important to the story. So okay. she's kind of escaped her real life to live in Antarctica for a few months. And she's enjoyed the camaraderie, you know, being able yeah. to just cook and meet new people and experience a different, you know, life because I can't imagine living in Antarctica. Uh, so she's, the book starts with her being ready to leave. And um, I'm not giving anything away, but there is, um, the research center goes under attack. And so as she thinks Whoa. she's about to literally go back to her real life, the whole center is under attack. And so um, that is kind of how we are introduced to Angel is she thinks she's going home and the book's like, no, no, not only are you not going home, but things just got real. So then we meet wow. our hero and his yeah. name is Ford Cooper, which might be the best romantic suspense hero name I've ever heard. I don't know. Ford Cooper just sounds so badass. <laughs> So Ford Cooper is our hero, and he is a uh, described as a stern uh, glaciologist. And I hope I said that right. He studies glaciers. So that sounds yeah, that's fascinating. real. You think that's I think real? it is. The way they described it, either she did a lot of research on a fake science or um, I'm hoping it's real. <laughs> it, in this brain, it was real. <laughs> uh-huh. Got it. So anyway, he's studying glaciers and he is the opposite of Angel in that he was waiting for everyone to leave because he was going to stay behind at the research center to keep researching because he likes being in isolated Antarctica. And the last thing he wants is complications. So seeing Angel while the facility is under attack, obviously, is the opposite of what he was hoping for. So um, the two of them are thrust into this, you know, um, literally fleeing for their lives through the Antarctic wilderness, which is basically a snowscape. But that is the crux of why I really liked this book. And when we started talking about winter mm. reads, this was the first one that popped to mind because yeah. the writing, the descriptions that um, the author does are, are phenomenal. 
it, it was one of those where I was getting, you, you know, you get that cold feeling when you're reading about, you know, being in a cold place, yeah. uh, the way she describes the landscape and um, she does multiple POVs. So it's usually just Ford and Angel, but occasionally we do get the perspective of the people who attack this research center. Okay. And I like that there is a romance element. And obviously that's the, the overarching part, uh, plot of the story, but it's really cool to just have this fast paced mystery happening at the same time. Yeah. And sometimes I, you know, you read romantic suspense and it just feels like it's a love story. And then randomly, like, I don't know, someone's car breaks down or something, or, you know, it just doesn't seem like it's very suspenseful. Right. But this felt like a true romantic suspense because there was action Ooh. up until the end of the story. So if you're looking for something that is super, you know, it's a good clip. Um, it, it has good tension, good chemistry. Um, you know, what you see is what you get with the characters on the page. I highly recommend White Out by Andrea Anders. It was a really good winter romance. I love that there's romantic suspense. Um, something else I'd like to read more of. I didn't make it a goal, but I would like to read more romantic yes. suspense. I used to love, I mean, I used to read romantic suspense like 10 years ago. It was that yeah. and historical for like a year. That's all I read. Yeah. And then I think I got, you know how it is. You just read too much of the same thing. And now, um, now that after thinking about this book, I'm like, oh, I kind of need to go back and start doing this again, because yeah. sometimes it's nice, even if it's a longer book to have something that feels like it's faster. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I really was hoping you were going to say that the facility was attacked by genetically engineered polar bears. <laughs> And that's something that would be phenomenal. Something I insane. Polar bears. <laughs> that would be like just like mutated polar bear beasts. Oh, no, I... it's just regular old terrorists. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good book. Wow. OK. Wow. That's exciting. Yes. Thank so you. Where are you taking us on your winter wonderland of reading, Liz? I'm taking you to 825 A.D. Norway. Snowed in with a Viking by Ooh. Lucy Morris. And I have mentioned Lucy before. I'm a huge fan of her Viking romances. Snowed in with the Viking is the most recent, published at the end of December, like right the day after Christmas, which I thought was oh, interesting. But that is it, interesting. It's published by Mills Boone UK and Harlequin okay. Historical US. So they have some weird <laughs> release dates. If you Yeah, their schedules it. aren't usually... They're not what you think of. <laughs> right. Um, so Snowden with a Viking is a delicious 288-page forced proximity historical Ooh. romance. The book description of Snowden with a Viking has to be the most perfect, best description ever. Like, I couldn't even say it any better. So I'm going <laughs> to read an excerpt from that Ooh, and then go into, you know, my thoughts. Okay. Snowden with a Viking. Stranded in the Arctic with a lone wolf Viking. Lost in the remote wilderness in a snowstorm, Embla is rescued by local wild man, Runar, and taken to his cabin with just one bed. <laughs> She's been warned against this man her entire life, but as she realizes she could be stranded with him for weeks... It seems her only option is to trust him and their intense attraction. Mm. So first of all, I forced proximity is my favorite trope. Snowden is my favorite of the forced proximity 
you know, trope. So I can see why you're recommending it. (laughs) uh, Yeah, there is a Yule scene in the novel, but I want to make it clear. This is not a holiday romance. So Mm -hmm. anyone who's like, oh, is this a holiday romance? Because I'm done reading holiday romances. It's a scene of Yule, which is the Viking Christmas. It's very quick. Everything else is straight on winter. So um, she gets lost in the snow and there's an avalanche and he's like, hey, come to my cave because there's a cave. Um, Uh, As there should be. (laughs) As there should be. And then they travel to his faraway house. I guess, I don't know, a couple hours walk away. Um, So then they're holed up in his house for a while. And uh, she can't come back till the spring, which actually reminds me a little bit of, did you ever watch the musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Oh my God, a million and a half years ago, but I did enjoy it. So they all get stuck in the house the guys all steal these women i know it's <laughs> i know it's very bad in the movie you're like oh that's charming and then yeah. you actually think oh it's about so it, romantic like, oh, they stole them because they can't be without them and as soon as they arrive at this faraway cabin the seven brothers and all their seven future brides are there in the cabin and then there's a big heavy snow and they can't leave till spring so that's what this reminds me of is that embla can't leave and she's like ah this guy i don't know if i trust him he's he's definitely he's he's a man who lives on the fringes and what i loved about this love story is that both embla and lunar are considered outsiders and they are considered you know you know on the outside looking in they don't believe that love and family and all that is really destined for them so yeah. uh it took them being together and learning to you know what look out for each other and to take care of each other because you know back then in norway in 825 like an avalanche is extra well, serious yeah. business you know yeah um, so it's just, uh, so Lucy is a fantastic storyteller. Uh, and so there's a lot of, um, revealing backstory and motivations that all make sense, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. I, cause I, one of those people who's always asking, okay, but why did they feel that way? And why did they do that? And why would they make this decision? And Lucy is so adept at answering all those questions, but without giving you too much where you're like, okay, uh, enough. So uh, Lucy strikes a really good balance in that way. Um, So there's cozy winter vibes, sexy open door scenes, Mm. and um, but not too much. I have to be honest, like lately I've been looking for less lust up front because I've been reading a lot of stuff lately that's like, oh, it's a lot of lust up front. There's not, I mean, they're attracted to each other, but you know, it, it's it not doesn't like, happen like chapter one. Let's right. Yeah. So you know, there's a little bit of I wouldn't say it's a slow burn, but there is an appropriate amount of time before you know they share a first kiss and then become you know intimate. Um, there are satisfying character arcs, actually, not just for for the two main characters, but also there's a few minor characters that. Uh, we hear about and then we kind of meet later on and you're like, oh, wow, you know, it's nice to see everyone changing a little bit and having more love and light in their lives. Well, that um, sounds nice. So, yeah, um, just a ton of of real heartfelt emotion uh, is is throughout the book. And and there's a dog and there's oh. like this this rough and tumble dog that is Runar's sidekick. And, um, you know, the dog didn't bother me. Usually dogs bother me. 
in oh but see romance. i feel like a dog in a winter romance just elevates like that cozy sweet factor it does especially when that dog serves a wintry purpose Please tell me it's a St. Bernard with like a little thing of bourbon under his chin. (laughs) No, I wish I could, actually. (laughs) No, I don't even know if St. Bernard's existed back then. That's true. Yeah. So I very much recommend reading Snowed in with the Viking by Lucy Morris. That sounds amazing. Is it part of a series or is it a standalone? Good question. It is a standalone. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. That's Go back to our gold. I think I need to read more standalones because I end up finding a book midway through a series. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but sometimes then that feels like homework because then if I really like it, then I'm like, I got to go read the whole thing. Yeah. I'm feeling less interested in commitment in 2024. I like it. Me, Like to your point, it's like just reading standalones because then you don't you feel complete when you know this is a series you feel like okay well I finished this book and yay but now I have to read four more books or three more books and then there's this added level of stress I have so much anxiety related to reading and books that I feel like I might lose my mind no I, I think that's real I was some of our fellow book club members I was talking to some of them about that when we were talking about our year end wrap up and how we were frantically, you know, trying yeah. to find shorter books to read. And it's like, I simultaneously love and get frustrated by um, like Bookstagram and book talk and everything because I love it because then I find new things to read. But then my TBR is literally, I, I mean, I had yeah. to cut it down um, yeah. hundreds. I, I mean, I'd have to live a million years to read all these books. So yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Like, yeah. I feel like the vibe I used to have, you know, even five years ago of like, oh, well, I have a lot of books. I'm just going to read this one. It's a totally different thing now. Now, if like someone I don't even know is a pretty picture, I'm like, well, damn it. I got to read that now. (laughs) I know. I know that sometimes I try to stay off of social media for a little bit because it's like, I can't, I I feel like I'm failing before I've even started. I'm like, look, there's like 20 books coming out that sounds so great, but I'm never going to read them. So I've already failed. So So but yeah, no, I know it, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that our audience, um, if anyone in our audience feels that way, I'm hoping to make them feel less alone. Yes, um, or maybe they are like, "Wow, they're strange." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Libby and Liz have issues, <laughs> and they need to stop bringing them into our books. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's right. and they need to keep them to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> what do you have for us next, Libby? Okay, so Liz, I'm going to keep with the theme of being snowed in with a, you know, big gentleman, uh, but we're going to take it to modern day. So <laughs> like snowed in with a big gentleman sounds, sounds that sounds like a new book. <laughs> you have promised me you will write that. Snowed because a big gentleman, a novella by Libby Kay. <laughs> <laughs> now, being you say gentleman, it would have to be, I feel like it might be historical. Yeah, that's true. And and that is definitely not my writing wheelhouse. But you know what? I'm willing to try for you, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my God. I have to create a book cover for this. So my uh, next one is following yours very closely, but we're in modern times. So um, this is Mountain Man by Cherilee Gray. This was independently published back in 2017. Um, And similar to what you just described with your Viking book, this one's less than 100 pages. um, It is a novella. And that is what I liked about it is it was a nice quick read, um, but it was a a fun read. This one I would give five out of five on the steamy factor. Um, This is definitely, um, (laughs) they're snowed in and they're, uh, they're keeping busy, let's say. 
So um, this is the first book in the Smith Brothers series. I will say I have not read any of the other ones, um, but the blurbs do sound intriguing. But this is the first one. And uh, the tropes in this one, um, the one bed, one cabin, uh, forced proximity, uh, again, with the grumpy sunshine. And I don't know the actual official name for this trope, but I always think of it as the ticking clock trope. Um, They have a limited amount of time that they're together. So I don't know if ticking clock's the right way to say it. So let me give you the general premise of of Mountain Man by Cheryl Lee Gray. So Birdie, um, actually, and I think she's a librarian now that I'm I'm remembering the book, but she is, um, she's new to town and she decides to join a random hiking group to try to make friends. Um, She's, um, she's kind of social, but she's also kind of introverted. And so she thinks this seems like a no brainer. Let's meet some people and go for a hike. Well, a blizzard happens and Birdie gets separated from the group and lost and um, twists her ankle. And so um, she's obviously laying in the snow thinking the worst, but then a mountain of a man, a big gentleman, you might say, uh, named Hank appears and saves her. And of course, she's been out in the snow for a while, so she's a little delirious. And um, she wakes up in this cabin with this man she doesn't know. And I always think of this, and we talked about this a lot last season. I love books because books do things that if I saw it, even on TV, and especially in real life, I would be like, girl, get the hell out of there. But she wakes up in this stranger's bed and he's laying next to her to keep her warm. And again, in the book, (laughs) heck yeah, five stars. (laughs) But in real life, I'd be like, call the police. This is an episode of Criminal Minds. So um, she wakes up with Hank and we learn very quickly that he is a very tenderhearted, gentle giant. And um, they have uh, at least several days in this cabin because they are truly snowed in now that the blizzards come. And so it it was not, um, it was insta lust kind of like what you just talked about, mm-hmm. but, um, and because it's a novella, obviously they couldn't drag it out too long, but it didn't feel obnoxious, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, you look at the book, you know what you're getting. And that's what I liked about it. The reason I liked it was you get to learn about why Birdie was trying to make new friends and why she keeps moving. And then you get to kind of crack into Hank's shell and learn why he lives in this secluded hunting cabin in the middle of literally nowhere. I think it was in Colorado, but don't quote me on that. Uh, But I liked the give and take. Um, I liked how they, you know, became intimate. And I liked that part of it. It wasn't just like, oh, and now they're going to have sex for 30 pages. It wasn't like that. It felt, you know, it felt like there was some emotion behind it. So, um, it was a very quick read. I mean, like I said, less than 100 pages. So, um, you know, not not a very long or complicated read, but um, it was just it was sweet in how they were with each other. But there was a lot of steam to it. But um, the fact that they're snowed in in a blizzard and then they're waiting for it to get to the point where Birdie can go tell people because her group, they're assuming, thinks she's dead because they all went hiking oh. and then one less person came back. So she knows she has to tell people um, that she's okay. And of course, Hank doesn't have a phone or Wi-Fi or any of the things that you would expect because yeah. he's a recluse. So, you know. Of course. I mean, that's of what course. makes him Why not? sexier is that he's <laughs> exactly. a recluse. As far as insta-lust, insta-love, the only time I'm totally okay with it is when it's written in short form, if it's in a novella or a short story, because I understand that the the nature of that structure is it's, you know, you're going to get to the point. It's going to be quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Like, I actually feel like that is how you write, you know, a novella or a short story is that it's got to be, the romance has got to happen pretty quickly. That's why I think it works really good with, 
second chance romances because, yes. or, you know, um, because you already kind of had that love established and now you could just do a short little story about how they get back together, you know? Exactly. Um, so if you're looking for a spicy little novella uh, to warm up your winter months, I recommend Mountain Man by Sherrilee Gray. Excellent. And my segue is yes. that I have a novella that is a second chance marriage in trouble. And yes. I know how I know how much you like marriage in trouble. And which sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds bad, but you but like, it like it for it all the right reasons. Yes. And I like it in print form, not in real life. <laughs> that, that's right. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm starting to gravitate more towards it because I would always think, oh, that's just going to be depressing a marriage in trouble. But I have found them quite enlightening. Well, and they're realistic. And I think yeah. not to call out our ages, but I think you know, we're not 22 years old anymore. Not that no. there's anything wrong with that, but I also kind of like not being 22 anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, I, I've noticed a huge change similar to what you just described, where yeah. the older I get, the more I'm like, actually, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I have for you is New Year, New You. And it's K-N-E-W. So it's N-E-W year, K-N-E-W U. New Year, New You. A Second Chance Marriage in Trouble by Evie Mitchell, published in 2020 by the author's own imprint, Thunder Thighs Publishing. Oh, I love, I love the publishing. That's fantastic. <laughs> New Year, New You is listed on Amazon as a two-hour romance short read, which is how I found it. Um, but I have read the author before. Uh, this is book five in Evie's Capricorn Cove series. Ooh. And this is how Evie describes the Capricorn Cove series. I just had to read it. This is taken straight from her website. Capricorn Cove series is, quote, the perfect small town for romance. Filled with quirky, body positive and inclusive characters, hilarious meat cutes and even the occasional billionaire, rock star, or hidden royal, this is the perfect contemporary romance series for a lazy afternoon. Ooh, I, that sounds intriguing. I like it. It is. I, I, I know. I've always wanted to read one of the Capricorn Cove books. I was excited to, uh, to give it a try. I have read Evie's All Access series, which is also really good. And uh, that features protagonists with disabilities and chronic illness, and they're fantastic and deliciously steamy. So um, as far as Capricorn Cove is concerned, it appears that all 11 books in this series are all short reads. They're oh, all nice. averaging uh, between uh, 80 pages and a little over 100. So what I love is that you could really just tear through the series in a day, uh, you know, or a weekend rather. So in New Year, New You, Emily gets into a car accident on New Year's Eve. Oh, no. And wakes up two days later in the hospital with amnesia. Now, didn't we talk a lot last year in 2023 about you uh, enjoying head injury romance? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about head injury. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think even I had read something, but like head injuries seem to be really all over the place with, in romance. Well, it's, and it seems to be hot right now. I feel like a lot of people are suffering from amnesia. <laughs> There's a right amnesia is like, is because it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got to lose their, lose their memory. But what I liked is, it being a New Year's 
romance and then there's losing time. I love playing with time. Yes. And, and New Year's is all about, you know, being done with one year, setting up new memories and, and doing new things in the new year. So I love that she has amnesia <laughs> and <laughs> she has lost five years. Oh, wow. And in her mind, she hasn't yet married her fiance, Cal. So when she wakes up, she realizes, oh, okay, I am married to Cal, but learns that they're unhappily married. Oh, um, oh my God. I love this trope. Why do I love this trope? <laughs> <laughs> so they have not only lost their way as a couple, but we learned that they each turned into people they swore they'd never become. So again, it fits in with the new years and having resolutions. And I used to be this way. I want to change. It's all about change. It's incredibly emotional. It's relatable if you're in a relationship, whether or not you're married. Uh, there is a steamy scene in a diner. <laughs> that what's awesome is that Evie Mitchell on her website, because she also she you can buy uh, download the books from Amazon and all different you know retailers. You also can buy directly from her website. So when you go on her website, she shows you the um, the commercial version of the book cover, and then the not safe for work version of the cover. Okay, oh, I love when authors do that. So what's great is that I pictured this steamy diner scene one way. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I quite got it, all the logistics correct. And then I looked at the cover on the website. I was like, yeah, that's what I imagined. That's good stuff. <laughs> so um, so there's a really steamy, but there, the rest, it's not where it's just chock full of, you know, erotic scenes or anything. Um, so it's one really steamy diner scene and then there are you know some some uh sex scenes but mm -hmm. it really does um but there's really good balance between the romance journey or the you know the second chance romance journey and sex it, it's the appropriate amount of steam uh so yeah and what's cool is that you also get to meet other characters in capricorn cove and you already get the wink wink nod nod these other couples have other books about them oh i like that obviously. you know so <laughs> i i love that so um so yeah so i i highly recommend new year new you by evie mitchell Oh my gosh, I'm adding that to my list right now. That sounds right up my alley for so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. When I was reading it, I said, this is this is a Libby K read, you know? Well, we've got now. <laughs> we've got head injury, got second chance, got marriage. A diner. <laughs> and there's a diner. That's right. What else do I need? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I this is it. This was written for you in mind. All right. Well, that's the next time I TBR, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> And now, uh, what snowy lovescape have you for us next? <laughs> well, this is a snowy lovescape I haven't been to yet, but it is uh, literally top of my list. I have it on my nightstand right now. It's A Winter in New York by Josie Silver. Oh. Um, this was my, um, if you're a Book of the Month subscriber, this was my pick. I believe it was two months ago already. I'm a little behind on reading them. Uh, it, it, I believe there are going to be some Christmas elements, so I might kick myself for waiting to read this one, but... I was so obsessed with two of her previous books. Um, her first one day in December, I still, that book lives rent-free in my mind like three or four years after reading it. And her other book that I read that I think is two years old, One Night on the Island, to be honest, even though I gave it five stars, I still don't know if I was in love with how it ended, even though it was just, it was just so beautifully written. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, 
I, I couldn't not give it five stars because it was just so freaking good. So when I saw that this was the book of the month book for the end of the year, I had to get it. So this one obviously takes place in New York and it involves um, two characters and gelato. And uh, what more do you need? <laughs> two characters and gelato. You know, the way you said it made it sound like gelato was like, this was a thruple between a couple and gelato. Honestly, it might be because it's all about um, Iris is our heroine. She moves to New York to start over, as do most female uh, leads in a romance <laughs> book. Not complaining because I keep reading them. Um, but she is drawn in from the nostalgia of the movie she watched with her mother. And she stumbles upon a gelato shop. And um, she feels like this gelato is the recipe from her family. Well, the owner, who is our hero, Bobby, says, well, actually, my uncle made it. And I think he's, I don't remember because I, I haven't read the book uh, yet. I believe he's in the hospital. And But the whole point is, is they start making gelato together. And there's some secret with this recipe. And so just based on Josie Silver's other books and how they emotionally wrecked me, I want to read this, but I have to read it in the right frame of mind because I just, there's no way this is going to be, I'm not saying it won't be enjoyable, but there's no way this is going to be a light read. I have a feeling this will be a bit of an emotional journey and I am here for it because I love Josie Silver's writing so much, but, um, and I'm wondering if other readers who have read her other things feel the same way. She makes you work for it and it's great, but you have to be in a good headspace. And right now I'm too light and fluffy. I'm still, uh, I'm still reading about mountain men that are less than a hundred pages long. So, yeah. um, yeah, but this is definitely on my radar. I'm probably going to read it later this month when I'm, I don't know. You have to just get in the right headspace. And I know that sounds, when I talk you to non-readers about books like this, they're like, well, why do you want to read a book that you have to? I'm like, it's the same thing. You wouldn't watch a horror movie if you're not in the mood for a horror movie. I kind of have, you right. know, you just got to be in the right spot. Yeah. And I wonder, and I, I don't know, I haven't figured it out, even my own preference. Is it better you know, to read a heavy romance when you're feeling already kind of melancholy because that helps you to further process? Or is it better to read that when you're in a safer space, so to speak, where maybe you're in a really good headspace and things are going well in your life and you're not feeling very stressed and that way you it won't add to your anxiety to read I a heavy, like, I don't know what's better. I think I've done it both ways because her, mm -hmm. the, the second one I just talked about, One Night on the Island, yeah. I brought that on vacation. Oh God, that was two summers ago already. I brought that on vacation when we had a family reunion and I was an idiot and thought, oh, this won't be too bad because it has, it looks summery. Yeah. It gutted me. And I remember coming out um, of our room and I saw my nephews and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes. But you know, <laughs> what am I going to say? Like, oh, I just read a really like, uh, emotional book you'd be like get out of here yeah. but um yeah it was and that was one where I was just you know you're in vacation mode I'm like oh everything's great and then I'm like reading this book like oh my god so I don't yeah. know but I I do think there is something to be said for reading something when you're already kind of in a melancholy yeah uh, mindset because I, I think then it's you almost relate more if you're already in that headspace maybe yeah so mm. I'll report back I'm I will read it because I, I have it and I'm excited to read it but yeah. A Winter in New York by Josie Silver. I have high expectations because the other books of hers I've read have all been fabulous. And yeah. like I said, they live rent free years, clearly years later, if I'm still talking about one day in December. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to be fabulous. So I will report back. Okay, <laughs> you do that. If, if we never hear about if you never mention it again on the show, we know what that means. Yes. <laughs>
that's our roundup. Listen and subscribe to Romance Roundup on Podbean and all podcast apps. Watch Romance Roundup on Reader Seeks Romance channel and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for joining us, romance readers. Happy reading, everyone.